Hello and welcome to MCell Madness and Misinformation, the podcast where nothing is real and sanity means denial. Speaking of things that aren't real, time certainly isn't. As it turns out, there are five Saturdays in the month of October in 2020. Apparently, in order to have released this episode on Halloween, I would have had to either release episodes every second week starting on the first Saturday of the month, or release weekly starting on the third Saturday. Obviously, as a horror podcast, we can't just not release an episode on Halloween. So, in order to turn this critical failure around, I've decided to release Season 1, Episode 1, early. This time, actually, on Halloween. The rest of Season 1 will be released as planned every second week, once we've finished production on the whole season. Alternatively, each episode will be released individually on patreon.com slash mcellpod for early access. There, I'll be posting each single episode as soon as it's done. If you haven't figured it out already, this is Ray, your handler, here to introduce you to the final episode of our pilot, Aftermath. Once again, I'll be joined by each of my players individually, starting with Kay and ending with Daniel. We discuss the consequences of what happened the last time, how the agents feel after their first encounter with the unnatural, how they've changed as well as what's happened in their personal lives since then all leading up to their first proper meeting in Season 1, Episode 1. Enjoy. On your character seat, you have a new motivation, and that motivation is protect humanity from the unnatural. Do I have to get rid of a different one then, or? No, because you get five, we only filled in three. Oh, true. Terrible. Left her sadly eating tacos. Yeah. That's honestly one of the best ends you could probably hope for in a Delta Green operation. That she's just crying eating tacos. I'm going to just spend, like, all my time sucking back up to Oliver, because I feel terrible. But I just didn't know what to do! (laughs) What do you do to try and get back in his good graces? Like, how do you make it up to him? I go the next day, I'm going to bring him dinner, and I'm going to sit down and say, just tell him about how stressful work's been for me recently, and, um... God, I don't know, try and just say sorry and say that I was freaking out because... The thing is, you probably don't want him to still think that what he saw was real. Because, like, one of your motivations here is that he's your best friend and you want to apologize to him, but your other motivation here is protect humanity from the unnatural and he's like the most important person to you and you don't want him to get in on whatever this is probably especially based on the half concealed threat at the end of that phone call you received the day before i know i think i just want to oh god maybe just say that i think i was hallucinating because i'd had a really long day and then ate too many spicy tacos so i was just like having a real bad go of it (laughs) Just kind of go to him like, but I'm not crazy, right? Like, nothing really happened, so it's fine. He looks like 
a little concerned. I mean, like, he didn't obviously see, like, the part when, because you were standing in front of him, he didn't see the part when she, like, turned to dust or anything. And when he saw her, like, on the balcony, she was fully clothed. So, like, clearly you were having some, like, things, like, imagining her naked out there. And he's just like, actually, roll sanity. 79. Oh, man. These dice are betraying me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, in order to, in this home session, to improve your relationship, you have to succeed at a sanity test. Thankfully, you didn't critically fail at your sanity check there because you would have worsened the bond even more. But, I mean, he's still, like, mad, but, like... It's not, like, irreparable damage. You think, you know, if you kept trying at it, maybe you could, like, eventually convince him to trust you again. Okay. So how do you feel after your first operation of Delta Green? Terrible. (laughs) That was the goal, so yay me. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) You promised you would love me forever. I know. I know. I do, but right now I'm sad. Yeah, I just want to say that was like a softball that I threw to you there as like your first thing to Delta Green. Like, I didn't really threaten you in any way. Yeah, I know. It just made me feel like an emotionally terrible person. Fuck's sake, how come I'm getting good rolls now? I mean, it's not really a game you're supposed to win at, so that that makes sense. <laughs> not using these dice again. They betrayed me. They're going in the naughty corner. I think, to be honest, Jennifer betrayed herself. You convinced Jennifer to betray her best friend. I, I didn't say, I didn't make you do anything. I just gave you one idea and you just didn't think of any others. How how does she resolve the conflict of, like, she hurt his feelings and things might never be the same between them again, but on some level, she probably feels like maybe it was kind of, like, a success in a way, because do you think that she feels like she did the right thing by trying to, like, convince him that it was... I mean, eventually you did convince him that it was, like your fault and you were having a thing and so like there wasn't actually anything that weird going on i guess she feels like you know maybe the lesser of two evils just happened but she still doesn't like really comprehend i think what's going on so she doesn't know at this point that she's made the right decision in making him feel bad about his major insecurity yeah so she's definitely conflicted. I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, even if you were certain that was the right thing, I don't think there was, like, a way that you wouldn't feel bad about it. Yeah. And, like, since she's already so new to this, she's probably not sure if it was the right thing to do. But I guess she's clinging on to that hope that maybe... It was, and maybe it'll pay off somehow. Yeah, something like that, I'm sure. Otherwise, she's just going to be, like, worst friend in the world. Yeah. And I imagine 
it may not help if she starts randomly disappearing for possibly weeks at a time with flimsy excuses. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess they'll start flimsy, but she's a journalist. I, I feel mean, like she could probably yeah. get away with going on research trips. Except that he'll probably want to read your stories when you get back, because you're both writers and you help proofread each other's stuff. True. She's going to have to really think about trying to write stories while she's away. Yeah, because she never misses a deadline. Never. Wouldn't dream of it. This is going to be hell. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, well, it's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) This is what you signed up to. You're in it now. Yeah, look, I know. (laughs) I did just draw, like, a floor plan for their apartment, too. Nice. You'll have to send that to me later. Of course. And I'll put it on the Patreon. How about, like, she's a media specialist, she's a journal, she really, like, just knows how to get into people's heads, but somehow, with, like, the most important person in her life that she knows the best out of anyone, she just made the absolute worst choice possible. Yeah. Classic, isn't it? Yep. I feel like she's, Jen is also, like, right now, she's just like, oh my god, I've been reading, like, all these books about Supernatural for so long, and it's real, like, it's really real, are you kidding me? And it's, like, worse than anything you've read, too. Yeah. Like, you feel like maybe the people that were writing it were, they, like, weren't in on it. Yeah. They were kind of just, or like... They, either they weren't in on it, or they were intentionally trying to make it seem fake. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, like, you know, when I said, like, she felt like she was going to vomit, she probably still feels like she's going to vomit. I mean, you also had tacos twice today. <laughs> yeah. She's 100% gonna vomit at some point or another she just does not handle this oh i did i asked you like where you went and you like immediately went to the taco place but like where is she like sleeping that night she'll probably just call up another friend or maybe even just like go back to the office and sleep on like the couch that's so good how how do you explain to people in the morning why you're there so early like is Jen normally the person who get kind of gets to work early or she has if she has the office key then she usually gets there pretty early on probably the first in her department but not the first in the building yeah she's a morning person I despise her. <laughs> are you like wearing the same clothes you had on the day before because like you did say you weren't going to go back to the apartment so I don't know where you'd get them from if you were... do you keep spare clothes in your office she probably has, like, a spare shirt, like, in her bag. Just... And I mean, pants, you can wear those more than one day anyway. Yeah. So she probably has a spare shirt, and, like, I imagine she's got, like, deodorant and shit in her desk. Probably not a toothbrush. Yeah. She'll probably go, like, in a convenience store and buy a toothbrush. And she'll just, like, probably, like, wash her face, like, take her makeup off in, like, the uh, office, like, bathroom. And then just, like, not have makeup the next day and just be like, I'm sorry, I look gross today. Um didn't sleep well well yeah i mean it's probably convenient not to have makeup on because like do you think she's still upset like would she be at risk of like crying absolutely 100 percent. what does she tell people if they ask because like they probably notice that she's like something's wrong and like the taco team is tight like yeah. you, they would know she'll probably just be like Depending on who asked, it'd be like, oh, the tacos did me dirty last night, had too many spicy ones. <laughs> or maybe there's like a few people on taco team where she'd be like, oh, you know, 
just had a little spat with Oliver, but, you know, it'll all be fine. Lying through her fucking teeth. Roll persuade to see if they believe you that you believe it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's just... What's, what do we got? 25. Yeah, they believe you. They believe that, you know, it was just a regular fight and that it'll be fine. Yeah, it was just like a fight over, like, who watered the plants last or something, you know, casual. Yeah. And, and like, of course, you, like, you're a journalist. You make sure to put some truth in that, <laughs> saying that, it ha- like, the fight happened, like, out on the balcony with the plants. Yup, yup. So these people that see, like, how upset you are about Oliver, do you think that they, like, have gossip about you guys in the office? Oh, probably. I think I think the people who don't know us very well would have, like, a little bit of a, mm, okay, we'll fight about the plants, all right. But the people who know me really <laughs> well would be like, oh, my fucking God, are you serious? Again? <laughs> I mean, you, you succeeded on that check. They're not going to, like, bug you about it, but, like... You seem very upset about a, a plant fight. Like, it seems like maybe it, it wasn't just about the plants. And maybe that's where they're getting their gossip from. Yeah, maybe, like, they're like, maybe, maybe it is going that. Maybe the plants set them off, but there's something underlying going on. Yeah. Mm. Do you, okay, how about this? Do you think that there is anything between them? No, 100% no. Not at all. All right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Does Oliver think that way? I, I'm going to say yes, he's probably... I, I picture him as being gay, but... <laughs> Look, I was about to say, I think he's probably closeted, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just like, I feel like the just like the essence of him is, the essence is probably... The is a little bit queer. Yeah. Like... A lot of it. <laughs> He writes, like, food articles, like... And he, like, dreams of, like, writing fancy restaurant food articles. Yeah, he wants to be a food essayist, and I don't know what says, you know. That was, like, one other thing that was, like, making me think that, but I don't know what it was. Oh, yeah, I think I was just gonna say that, like, having drug problems is also a pretty queer thing to do. Because, like, society, man... I don't know what drugs you were thinking of, but I was just thinking of, like, pretty casual drugs. Nothing, like, hard. I was thinking, like, hard drugs. Oh, I was thinking, like, maybe some MDMA, because that's, you know, that's a little. I, I didn't think have a specific one in mind. I was kind of thinking that it was one of those ones where it's just, like, any kind of drugs, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, a... maybe some M, maybe some acid, like, hallucinogenic ones. Because yeah, that would definitely make sense. hallucinogenic ones, which is kind of why I went the bag route rather than the I found a syringe in like the bathroom. Yeah, true. I was thinking like maybe, like I don't know. I feel like maybe he like you probably live in a state where it's like legal to have weed, and so he probably still does that, but he doesn't have like any of the like worse stuff anymore. Yeah. But he still, like, tries not to. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like these two, when they were, like, younger, used to party, like, through their entire 20s. And then as they got into his 30s, she let up and he just didn't. And she was like, hey, like, you're too old for that shit now. Calm down. And then she realized that it was, like, a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I think what probably hurts the most is she was the one who, like, was really helping him to get better, and he, like, thought that he could, like, trust her. Yeah. But then she's, like, and he has no idea why you were lying about that, like, of all the things. Yeah, look, I know. I have got to admit, I did, like, one of those, like, evil hand rubs when I thought about lightly implanting this idea into your head and making you be the one who actually did it. I forget, did we, like, get into specifics about what kind of topics she, like, actually writes about? I don't remember. Because, like, I feel like I was re-listening to it and we said something, but it was, like, really vague, and then we went into, like, high detail about what Oliver writes about. Yeah, that's because everyone's more invested in Oliver anyway. He'll be the next PC when Jennifer dies. Yeah, he's gonna, like, be like, Jen, what happened? Let me take up your mantle and avenge you, and then he'll die too. Yeah, because I guess if he, if, like, you suddenly disappeared and it's not a good enough excuse, maybe he would start, like, looking into it, because he's got those journalism skills, too. Yes, he does. Even though he got a worse job than you, apparently. No, he's, he's, he's doing what he wants to do. He loves writing about food. He just wants to write about fancier food. Pinky up food, you know? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's, like... He's got that annoying thing where, like, you got what you wanted, but it wasn't really what you wanted, and you're, like, stuck in that sort of, like, halfway there yeah. thing. guy. And you're like, was it all worth he it? He deserves better. So what kind of uh, articles does she write about? Her business is knowing other people's business. Yeah, she has, like, a 40% in law. So I think she kind of, like, has to low-key know legally how far she's allowed to go in terms of, like, her stalking. That would be helpful. Yeah, which is why I think... I, I was thinking that when I went for that. I was like, she probably needs to know a little bit about this. If she's a bit of a fiend. Yeah. Okay, so what's something you am- admire about Jennifer Amanda Bracey? Oof. As a person. She is an extrovert. <laughs> you were kind of going the opposite way with that last time. You were like, she like never leaves the house. She's pasty. <laughs> She is, but that's because she's always working. Okay. Like, she loves going out with the taco crew and, like, doing that, and she actually really enjoys talking to people. I guess you would have to, to be, to, like, a journalist in that kind of field. Yeah. I guess that probably is one of the reasons why it hurts more what she did, because, like, that was, like, the most important person, and then she had to spend the night, like, alone. Alone. She was at a Taco Bell crying to the employees. And then she went to her office with no one else there. Oh, poor girl. It was all you. No. That did that. Yes. I refuse. I, I think if you listen back to it, I said, I all I said was something along the lines of, you think you might be able to convince him if you said something about his drugs and you, will, and you just went straight for it. You did not hesitate. <laughs> I was, like, I was honestly afraid that you would see my uh, trick and just not go for it and be like, well, no, okay. (laughs) Thinking you could never mislead me. (laughs) Then I was lied to. Well, I told you the truth. I said that it would be easier to convince him, and then I gave you a plus 20 for doing it. Not my fault you rolled bad. (laughs) Good, and that's the problem. I don't like that her first instinct was to, like, go look 
for Oliver who might be in a bad situation. Like, I don't like that her first instinct is to go look after someone else rather than, okay, I just witnessed a person die. Someone just called me on the phone. Maybe I should, like, lock myself at home and, like, go through what's going on. I don't like that she puts people above what should be common sense. Do you think that it occurs to her that that was a dangerous move, or do you think that's just something you as the player think about her? I think about her. I don't think she even for a second considered. I think she was more like, oh my god, he could be in trouble. I need to help him instead of staying at home and like actually analyzing what happened. Yeah. And the danger that she's probably in. Whether you trust him or not on the phone, Malcolm said that like with this, you were never in any danger, really. It was just the test. Yeah, some test. Well, it was a test to A, see if you could handle yourself and not like go literally insane just from seeing it. And B, if you were willing to uh, go to the lengths to cover it up or if your temptation was to tell people. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But. And also, maybe he'd been watching you for a while and it was like the only person he could really contact at the time who was who would have been there to like do anything about it yeah but i'm also i kind of wish she'd like on the phone been like yeah i get that i'm okay yeah i wasn't in danger but like tell me my bffl is gonna be okay and then he whether it was the truth or pretending or what probably would have just been like who what are you talking about because all he asked was did anyone else see it and did you destroy the evidence (laughs) yeah i know but she would have like i don't know i wish she'd asked yeah to ease my poor heart i think the thing is like in that situation she probably would have been so overwhelmed and she wouldn't have known what to do and like I don't know if you were playing it or if you were the player were like, uh, like shocked, but you were just kind of like, just like, yeah, and like not really necessarily listening. Like it's... so much had just happened. Yeah. No, that's because I feel like that's how she would have reacted. She would have just been like, like, I don't know what I just saw. I don't know how to react to this. Let's just, yeah. Let's just smile and pretend like everything's okay. Yeah, I definitely think that was is a reasonable reaction to what just happened because like that so much happened in like such a short time. Like you got home at like five, and it probably would have been like five thirty by the time Oliver like ran out the door. <laughs> yeah, because she has fifty percent in a cult. Do you think she ever really like? wondered if it was like real do you think on some level she was like hoping that one day something not like this but like like this would happen she was probably like like in her life just being like you know it'd be really nice like to know that all this stuff I've invested time and money in was real and not just like a scam but I feel like this is not the way she wanted to find out that it wasn't (laughs) yeah do you think she still feels that way do you think she feels vindicated like yes i knew it or do you think she's like i wish i never got involved in any of this yeah i definitely think it's more of like a oh oh no this no nope i take everything back this is not what i wanted thanks but no thanks she very well i won't say easily but she didn't put up much of a fight it didn't take her long to like think of the answer she agreed to help whoever this was to stop this kind of things from happening 
Because I think maybe she's like, oh, if I had been like the 14-year-old girl I was one day, like who just started getting into this stuff and had seen this then, she's like, I want to stop other 14-year-olds from having that this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least your character hasn't died yet. Yet. Yeah, I picked up on that. Probably yet in there. I, there will definitely be, I would say, at least one death in season one, but it might not necessarily be a PC. That's okay. We can deal with that. I mean, it depends how far you're willing to go, I suppose. Yeah. Whether you're okay with that. Oh, we'll see. I guess we'll see. This scene took place a few years ago, and you and Agent Malcolm have been running Elm Cell on your own for like a couple years now. Okay. You think he's made contact with A Cell, but he won't tell you anything about that. Like, he basically finds out all of the things that they have to look into from them, and he also does research on his own and every few months or something you guys go out and you do stuff like this and you guys are like criminals I'm not gonna make you necessarily for this first one like detail exactly how you destroy this body so that no one can ever find it again Mm. but you do and that's the kind of thing you do all of the time now not all of the time because you wouldn't be able to withstand that but it's like a regular occurrence you like get it now kind of Mm. and so mechanically there's a way to start your character as if they've already been in delta green and it will affect some of your stats if you've encountered the unnatural before and i think that we're gonna add this to your character sheet for the start of season one basically yeah okay things man was not meant to know your agent gains 10 percent in the unnatural skill and adds plus 20 percent to a cult so a cult is now at 30 for you and on uh unnatural is 10 percent Alrighty. Your agent gains a new disorder caused by the unnatural because when you see these horrible, horrible things and when you do these horrible deeds, it drains at your mind. And so you've become, on some level, a little bit insane. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> and we'll decide exactly how that manifests in the minute. I'll just adjust some of these stats here, which mm. you don't know about. No. Nah, <laughs> nah. Wait, did I lose a bit of my arm? Um, well, I've lost a bit of... Sanity. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you did. That was when you ran away. If you lose five or more points, you immediately get into a fight or flight response. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. But in that situation, I didn't think that it would necessarily make sense to fight yeah, I like as soon as I said run away, I'm like shit. I probably should have stayed. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was quick. Yeah, but that's exactly the thing, though. Like, you would temporarily you lost your shit. You weren't thinking about that. Yeah. Like on your way out, maybe there was this like thought in the back of your mind. You're like, 
oh shit, I should not be running away right now, but you just couldn't stop yourself. There was nothing you could do because it's like a base instinctual reaction to what you just saw. That worked well. Let's have a look at some of the disorders you may have potentially gained. Yay. It's basically going to be a real mental disorder, so any, do you have any in mind you want to roleplay? Hmm. Just while I find the page. <laughs> so it'd be like a, a mental disorder from trauma kind of thing? Yes. Uh, but you need to keep in mind when we're picking at what was what it was caused by, and it was caused by seeing the unnatural things that should not be able to exist on the fundamental of how humanity understands and perceives the world. Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, reading some of the examples that has in here to see what I think might fit. Yeah, yeah. Like, because ultimately it is my decision because it's not in your agent's control of what kind of disorder it is, but yeah. <laughs> I will let you have a say. Okay, that's all good. Well, you did when you lost that sanity in that particular scenario you ran you your response was to run away so i guess perhaps one of the ones i'm considering is that you have these acute episodes of like and so basically mechanically anytime you lose any sanity not just rolling five or more if you make a follow-up sanity roll and if you fail that too you are overcome with the instinct to just run away and get out of there as quickly as possible mm. Maybe. What are the um? What are the other options as well? I'm still just browsing through them. That's the first one of like I'll give you perhaps options. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of out of ones that I think will fit. Yeah. Yeah. And you can resist the symptoms of the disorder. Like if I say that you're like running away, you can use willpower points to like not do it. But that is also um. It, I just had a message that said it stopped recording, so I don't know. Ah. If, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to write down the disorders, and I was going to make you roll to see which one it is. Yeah, I already rolled. Okay, don't tell me what it is. No. Don't tell me what All it right. is. Should I just roll again <laughs> when you're done? No, I think it's kind of fun that you already rolled it, because now you're like probably second-guessing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I just rolled. I, I pressed on the, the thingy, and it automatically rolled for me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> was, do you remember what the first thing I said was? Because the second one I said, oh, I said you were going to run anytime you failed a Santa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what did you roll? I rolled a one. Okay, you got paranoia. Ah, oh, cool. That's probably the one you wanted, because that's mainly a roleplay thing. Yeah, actually, I could work with that, considering he's a, yeah, he's he's a criminal in the past. Yeah, I'll write down a description of specifically what you're paranoid about, and I'll send it to you before we start playing. Yeah. Like, the proper season. Alrighty. And there is one more thing that I did with Kay, which is we did a short home session, which is basically... Between operations, there's usually like a few months or longer because doing them too often, obviously it's dangerous. It can drive you insane. You don't really want to be doing it all the time. Yeah. And so you can basically in a home session choose the kind of things that your character is working on outside of Delta Green. Okay. So it's like a bit like, say, like in the periods of time before the next sesh, it'll be like a few months. He'll yeah, be like... so it's basically just covering like what kind of personal things have happened outside of the organization. Oh, okay. 
Um, and I'll give you some of the options in a second here. What we basically cover is what changed. So take stock of whether the bonds have been damaged or broken, permanent injuries, disorders gained, work, prosecution, if you get arrested. <laughs> um, uh, we did the first part, which is deciding which disorder you just gained. The paranoia. So, hey. yes. So you also get to choose basically personal pursuits which is you can basically just what you're focusing in on between whatever your last operation was at before you go into the next operation and so it's been a few years now and like he said Malcolm has become a lot more distant from you like you don't necessarily hear from him anymore outside of Delta Green and outside of Amcel, and you do know the name Delta Green now. Yeah. You know that it's the organization, but it's not something you ever speak about outside of Amcel, and you wouldn't. Mm. Um, he has been talking recently about bringing someone else in, like he had his eye on someone that might be useful, that might be able to help you. Yeah, okay. And he said that her name is Agent Mary. Beyond that, you don't know anything. Uh, and what your character can be doing in the meantime while you wait for Malcolm to do whatever it is that Malcolm does that gets the operations up and running, uh, you can choose to fulfill responsibilities. If your agent focuses on day-to-day -day obligations and relationship, describe something the agent is doing at work or at home to support one bond. Back to nature, you can spend time alone, minimizing stress, distractions, and obligations. Establish a new bond. You can be trying to meet other people or get in with other organizations that you don't have contacts with. You can go to therapy, improve a skill or stat by training or studying extensively. Mm personal motivation you indulge in the things that you find meaningful special training yep you just practice the game special training or you can stay on the case and spend nights and weekends pouring over an old operations evidence and case files now when you gained the disorder what happens is you can have five uh motivations but anytime you gain a disorder, you get rid of another one. So your new motivation after joining Delta Green is protect humanity from the unnatural. Mm. I gave that one to Kay as well. Oh, okay. Because after what she did. And your last, the fifth one on there is just going to be paranoia. That's your disorder. Yep. Although... Actually, the way it's supposed to work, I shouldn't just give it to you as a new one necessarily. It should replace one of your existing motivations that you have on here. I'm going to say that you are no longer you. Okay, I'm just trying to think of like which one paranoia would necessarily. The you no longer have a cat. <laughs> you were paranoid that it wasn't actually a cat anymore. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> And you just abandoned it, or you killed it. That is up to you. I will never say. <laughs> <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> now that we've covered that as well, what did you want to pursue in your home scene? 
Um, I think I'll train, try to increase one of my stats. Do I just increase it by like 10% or 20%? Tell me what it is and then I'll tell you how it works. I was going to increase my lore because I'd say after all that happened, um, the character would start trying to research into all this and figure out what's happening and all that. So I'll probably go lore. Lore is just like human laws, oh, like okay. uh, nice. court and stuff like that. You could research, a, you could add, try to add some stuff into a cult that would be human knowledge that is related sort of to the unnatural. Yep. But not really. I'll probably do that, yeah. So research into a cult. What are you doing to research it just like on the internet or reading and stuff like that? Internet, like traveling around, trying to like find different like, yeah, book stuff and just go all yeah. out on the research. Okay. Attempt an intelligence test, which will be a D100 against 55. You want to get below the score. All right. I got a 44. Okay. So that is a critical success. Yay. <laughs> I succeeded one. Yeah. So normally the way this works, you add 1D10 percentage points to the skill. Yeah. What happens with a critical success I will say that you get 10. You get the maximum. So your occult is now 40%. Alrighty. And as you're researching deeply into this, you have to let some of your other responsibilities slide in order to have the time to do that, basically. So one of your bonds other than a bond for delta green will reduce by one so do you who are you like spending less time with in order to do this your ex your daughter or your criminal contact crystal i'm gonna say the ex <laughs> okay that makes sense what as that goes down, it might cause problems for you and your relationship with your daughter as well. Yeah, <laughs> like it may make it harder for you to see her and stuff like that. Like maybe you were supposed to, you forgot to send some like child support payments or something, yeah. and she's pissed at you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I would doubt that. So I assume um, it happened a lot more, say, recently than mine. Yes. So you have been in it for like yours was more of a prequel and hers was sort of more like the first that was like happening now and that was her first thing and so we're gonna go to like the next thing that happened will be like her first official operation and basically what we covered with i covered with the both of you just then was your first encounter with the unnatural yeah okay cool 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 Alright, that down. Alrighty, do I have like a agent name? Uh, yes, I believe I said it was Agent Marvin, which is what you'll go by okay. when you're doing anything related to Delta Green, but you won't say it to like ordinary people. It's like within, so you're gonna have to have like layers of secret names, I suppose. Yeah, right. There we go. Alright, that down. Yeah, it's your name only within the organization, and that's what they know you by. Oh, okay. Because, like, as the leader of M-Cell, Malcolm knows how to contact you, and he will know how to contact the third agent, because technically the cells are all supposed to be in groups of three, and so he wanted to find someone else. He has been for a while now, but he 
never really found anyone quite yet that he wanted to be in the group. Mm. So that's where you're at with that. All right. Well, actually, yeah, where, where you're at is what I said. He's recently been, I guess, surveilling this Agent Mary. You don't know who she is. You don't know what she does. You don't know anything about her besides that name. Yeah, that's all I got. Yes. Just right now. Question, what did I... There was that creature by the grave that we um we saw. Was that like a particular creature that I've known now? Or I just still don't no, even know what the hell it was? The thing about what you do is you don't really want to know what these things are you don't want to look into them because the more and more you research into them like you've heard that there's people out there and they've never been on operations all they've done is read the case files the writing of agents and just looked at this stuff and they've gone insane and so you don't necessarily want to know any more than you have to know your goal is not to learn about the unnatural your goal is to destroy it and destroy the evidence and that's all you care about. Uh, okay fair enough fair enough easy enough easy enough i think that's it really yeah, i mean yours was a lot probably less mysterious than i made case yeah i don't like saying the chat where she was like oh she's like traumatized i'm sitting here like i got away with one yeah it is intentional i'm not going to tell you why okay that's cool that's cool that's cool (laughs) i'll find out soon enough yeah maybe you never know (laughs) basically what happened in k's episode is that i tricked her (laughs) that is all i'm gonna Uh, say yeah right that's what i thought you were gonna do to me to be honest i was like Mm. No, you can trust me. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never... Mm. Every DM I've had, or GM, I just, you know... Yeah, I mean, so. I gave her helpful advice. She just didn't like where that advice took her. I, I, like, I, did, I never lied at, or anything to her. She just realized that maybe there were other consequences she hadn't quite considered, but I did give her bonuses for doing it, which is not my fault she rolled bad. See? True, true, true. It's like me. I got like 95. I'm like, this is going to be really good or really bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, uh, sorry. If you get 100, is that like a critical fail? Like an ultimate? Yes. Like, uh, the way this works is... Basically, you have to roll under your stat or your skill, and if you get uh, two dice that match, it is either a critical success or it's a critical fail, depending whether it was above or below your stat. And a one is always a critical success, and a 100 is always a critical failure. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, It's good good chatting to you again. I haven't spoke to you in ages. I know, eh? been been too long been too long probably going to spend some time scheming so scheme oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna eat lunch and also remember you're paranoid so oh yeah i've written that down only the person you probably trust is malcolm to start i'll uh, i'll play it out i'll play it out that i'm paranoid at rk as well just so yeah you know you don't necessarily have to be make your make sure your internal decisions are guided by your paranoia but you don't necessarily have to like outwardly play it because yeah. you might also be paranoid about them knowing that you're paranoid it's like do they know that i know <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna keep trying to play in the um kind of like reserved quiet like um 
Yeah, and just like suspicious glances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it plays well with it too now because he is quiet and then paranoia literally yeah. is going to be like second guessing everything. So I'll just be sitting there quietly like, mm, mm. and you know what? That's pretty much how we play the game anyway. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so it'll work out well. Oh. Yeah. It, it will just, if there's a time when I think that you would be paranoid, I might DM you like a, something or I'll make Kay and leave the call briefly and I'll tell you how I want you to act in a certain scene but, and what specifically is making you paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll work. It'll be great. <laughs> I am honestly very pleased that my plans have been successful so far for the setup. <laughs> Well, you've made me paranoid and you've uh, traumatized yeah. me, so it's, it's going great. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm keen to see how it turns out in the next step. Yep, me too. Bye-bye.